0: In 2019, the freelance workforce was 57 million strong. If you think that's a lot, you haven't seen anything yet. I'm your guest host, Allison Brooker, and this is IT Availability Now, the show that tells stories of business resilience from the people who keep the digital world available. According to recent Upwork research, the number of freelance workers may soon increase 17% to nearly 70 million. For many organizations, expanding their freelance workforce could create a handful of unforeseen challenges. On today's episode, we speak to Chris Butler, Lead Principal Consultant, Resilience and Security at SunGard AS, about the freelancer movement, its impact on businesses, and what they can do to make sure they're adequately prepared. Chris, welcome back to the show.
1: Hi, Alison. Thanks for having me.
0: Sure. So the Upwork research reveals we could be looking at millions of new freelancers in the very near future. I assume that the pandemic has something to do with this. But what do you think is really driving this movement?
1: Uh, You're absolutely right. In a word, the pandemic. And I think what we've seen is that that's uh, had people reevaluating what's most important to them from a job uh, and lifestyle perspective. Many people now crave some flexibility in, in, in both where and when they work, and that sort of improved uh, in their favour work-life balance. And this is probably for a number of reasons. You know, freelance workers can charge higher rates, which offers them some opportunity to increase their wages. But but it's really about I think freelancers feeling perhaps more in control of their lives compared to before the pandemic and compared to the routine of commuting and and office working. And we've seen a lot about this thing called the great resignation. It's definitely real. It's not slowing down anytime soon. Uh, We found some interesting statistics, actually. In April 2021, uh, 4 million Americans quit their jobs. In August 2021, again, uh, 4.3 million Americans quit their jobs. And by November, 2021 a record four and a half million americans had quit their jobs all to go and find some other way of, of working and globally microsoft conducted a survey of its workforce in 2021 as well and it that survey found that 41 percent of its staff considered quitting or changing profession that's a huge amount
0: Yeah, it really is. The numbers are staggering. Um, So it kind of makes sense from a worker's standpoint, but why are organizations looking to hire freelancers? What value do they bring to the table?
1: Yeah, there's a number of areas I think, uh, and the first one might be around um, the the ability to access quality skill sets, you know, um, competencies for when they need them. Uh, not all firms need everyone in every job all the time. Uh, so some examples uh, of those might be, for example, disaster recovery test managers, where they've got a particular program of activity, or operational analysts, or project managers. I mean, those are three examples where certainly we've seen we've seen that. In, in in SunGuard uh, AS. But also another thing is you start to remove geographic limitations, which means that companies can spread their net a little bit wider. It, it increases the pool of, of the available workforce. Um, and, you know, the explosion of work, remote working capabilities throughout the, the whole of the pandemic over the last two years as that's gone on we 've seen improved security, more people getting VPN access, cloud services have exploded and proliferated as well and what this is me what this has meant is that many more people can work um, from anywhere, but this also allows firms to recruit from a far wider basis base than than, than perhaps they were um, before uh, and I suppose the third reason would be around uh so the other end from the quality skill sets would be sort of routine tasks if if there's um it might be it might be possible to free up full time employees to spend more time in more important project work if you can um you know, package out routine tasks to to freelancers such as data entry or data analytics type jobs
0: right so the relationship really seems like a win-win for both the company and the worker how do you think a growth or an increase in freelancers would change that and what challenges might an organization now face
1: yeah i think um people focus a lot more effort on the benefits of of this so hopefully yes it could be a win-win for companies but it depends on the the their, their particular situation and what industry they're in in terms of challenges i think there are three things that springs to mind uh, the resourcing uh, of gaps, uh, HR challenges, and perhaps some regulatory issues. So whilst you can use freelancers to reduce the skills gaps that you have, you might end up with people with overlapping skills in the company, and that's a little bit inefficient. You know, And, and for critical skills in particular, there might be a lot of competition for the best freelancers, and, and a good example there might be in the creative industries where many copywriters are freelance, and the best of them command some pretty high earnings. And if you think about H.R., regulatory or possibly even tax issues, you know, if you're employing people from different jurisdictions or different countries, that also throws up challenges. So, for example, different states in the U.S. have different approaches to uh, rules for working during COVID. Uh, Or indeed, actually, if you think more globally, the four home nations that make up the United Kingdom, that's England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. Or if if you think in Europe. Uh, Luxembourg, lots of people in Luxembourg commute in from Germany, Belgium, France and Switzerland. All these throw up some serious issues that firms will have to address.
0: So how do you think they can prevent any of this from happening?
1: So good planning, uh, balancing out those requirements to uh, understand what they need and to find what the best way of delivering those resources are. It's really focusing your requirements on your business priorities. So work at how you can, you know, maximize the value of your freelance workers whilst ensuring that you don't stray too far over that line. The business still has to hold on to the right structure uh, and number of full-time employees for the sort of the business priorities. You know, you've got to avoid, you, you're trying to balance out um, having too much staff turnover and disruption whilst also retaining that flexibility to to treat um, what what 's important at the business so you know for your full- time employees really work hard on on Working out who you need, the best ones you want to keep, compensate them well. So, you know, compensation, give them a good chance to progress in their career, give them good training, and help them achieve this work-life balance to stop them, if you like, looking to to become freelance themselves. You know, you're bringing this slightly more flexible approach into the workplace for your own staff, um, and then using your freelancers to to complement that that core team once you once you've um, once you've understood what you need to do.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And not not leaning too far towards uh, freelancers. What other pitfalls must organizations plan
1: for? Well, I think it's top of mind of of pretty much every CEO at the moment. And I th- I'd say the big one would be cybersecurity risk.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. Can you can you dig in more to that?
1: I mentioned earlier about remote working and how uh, you know it's proliferated and cybersecurity controls have got a lot better. But it, it it wasn't it it wasn't like that at the start. Uh, and it's not a uniformly improved picture. Um, remote working absolutely does expand the attack surface uh, outside of your corporate network. And therefore, using freelancers who aren't inside your corporate network by default may further uh, complicate that and add those, those greater risks in. So, you know, businesses need to be able to understand that and, and work out the best way to let freelancers securely access parts of the network the business data applications that they that you need to, and it may be that uh, you need you, know, you need to start thinking about whether you need to provide a company device to those freelancers, and that then will increase costs and complexity. Um, but if that's the only way to ma- to mitigate the risks that you've identified, uh, uh, so be it. You know, you've got you've got to, you've got to balance those two things out.
0: Right. So, what can organizations do to really plan for this greater IT security risk?
1: So. If we go back to sort of understanding your business priorities and how you'd how you hope to use the right resources to address all of those, you then use that information to really plan your entire engagement for uh, for freelancers, and that would start with all the onboarding and it would end at the offboarding stage. And you kind of need to then, in that planning phase, understand where exactly you want freelancers to work and and actually limit their network access realistically to what they need to do their job. And obviously then at the end of it at the offboarding stage, make sure that that does not stay open for a, a minute longer than is that is needed, and that will in, involve that sort of um the planning and that coordination across the the whole of the organization with h r with i t with i t security with procurement so making sure that everyone understands The correct approach. And if you have decided to go down the route of providing hardware, well, actually, how are you going to get that back? I suspect you're not going to be FedExing a laptop to somebody in a different country, but if you have provided hardware, then there's there's going to be challenges to be faced. But you know, it's it's not that simple. It becomes more complicated when you start to sort of package this all together. Uh and you know, there's an argument that says you start from a principle of a zero trust model for any freelancer who's not an employee and then who does that who the trick trick there is that is who, who who does that cover is that freelancers any other contractors some of your service providers it's um there's a lot of planning involved which I guess is the, the the bottom line
0: right yeah that definitely makes sense um what can what can companies do to ensure that they cover all their bases is there anything else that they can do
1: well, it's really all about good controls, I think. Um, you know, we talked about the planning, but all you know, it's becoming increasingly important that firms have multi-factor authentication. Uh, as a really good way of, of, of controlling access, but that's not the only one of the relevant controls. You know, ensuring you've got network segmentation is another good technical control. Uh, but also thinking about what platforms uh, you, you could um, employ and, and using a lot of software as a service or, or in the cloud platforms. For example, SharePoint, there are plenty of others. But using those sorts of uh, of, of um, uh, um, applications would stop or try and minimise freelancers from retaining data locally on their devices. You'll even want to think about whether you can control that technically. So basically, yes, it's all about the controls, good security tools, working with your managed service providers to make sure that your whole environment is monitored appropriately, regardless of who's trying to access it.
0: Chris, any other advice you can offer?
1: Um, I think one other thing to consider would be uh, the challenge is that if you are in a regulatory in, um, uh, industry, so f- financial services is, is, is the most obvious one. Uh, but if you've got significant uh, um, regulatory pressures, which come from the types of risks that exist in those sectors, such as you know harm to consumers or market stability, for example, you know the, the, the challenge for a firm is to work out how it owns those risks. If a freelancer is working uh, with you. Uh, in those areas, you can't necessarily transfer that risk to a freelancer. And in the questions you'd have to consider include what level of insurance cover they have uh, for their professional services. Um, is it sufficient? Does it cover all the risks that you've got? So, in certain types of industries, you're going to have to make sure that you've got the suitably qualified and experienced, and insured type of freelancer. So on, there, there's a specific extra challenge for certain firms in in certain sectors. That's going to uh, that's going to be a real challenge, I think, as well. So you know, understand what the rules that what the rules are for that sector. You know, how, how well are you in a position to control? those risks before you start introducing freelancers, how then you govern them and plan and all the things we've been talking about um, so far. So I think that's a really, that area of sort of risk in regulatory sectors is is one for firms to really focus in on.
0: That's really great, Chris. As more freelancers enter the workforce, organizations need to prepare. By outlining your long-term business objectives and strategically investing in the full-time employees and freelancers who can help you meet them, while also shoring up any security risks, you'll be better positioned to maximize the burgeoning freelance economy without fear. Chris, thanks so much for joining us today.
1: Alison, as always, a great pleasure.
0: Chris Butler is Lead Principal Consultant Resilience and Security at SunGuard AS. You can find the show notes for this episode at sunguardas.com slash now. Please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice to get new episodes as soon as they're available. IT Availability Now is a production of Sungard Availability Services. I'm your guest host, Allison Brooker, and until next time, stay available.